0: Uh yeah, one two one two one two. Welcome to Bars and Hoops, y'all. We're finally here. First episode. Hopefully it's not our last episode. I am Stills the Great. And you are now in tune to one of the liveest radio shows, slash podcast, slash YouTube, slash whatever you want to slash it and call it. We're trying to bring a new flavor to the game. You know, we're trying to be the first to really pioneer this. Music and sports movement, you know, because the two are forever intertwined. So hopefully you enjoy our, our our views, our platform, you know, what we bring to the table. So without further ado, I'd like to get into what our topic for the day will be. You know, we're going to be focusing on the NBA season. I'll be running down some of our season predictions, who I feel will be the NBA champions, MVPs, the surprise teams, sleepers. Snubs, whatever you want to get to on the NBA platform, we're going to cover that. We're also going to touch on the NFL recap of yesterday's games. Um, We're going to also touch on new, the New York Giants, the New York Giants situation, the New York Jets situation, and we're going to have an artist feature platform. So hopefully you guys enjoy what we bring to the table. So without any further ado, let's get into it. All right, man, I've been looking at the preseason so far, and, you know, I've been... I've been pretty impressed with what I've been seeing, you know, I can't lie, you know, I hated, I hated the fact that Kevin Durant changed the whole platform in the NBA with him signing to the Golden State Warriors. To me, I thought it was a weak move, but at the end of the day, you know, today's generation, you know, they're all about, you know, being friendly, you know, they're not really into being too competitive, you know what I mean? They want an easy way to the championship, but who am I to judge? I'm just this talking head on the microphone right now, but I'm going to give you my points of views on what I think the uh, NBA season is going to play out and how, who I think is going to be at the top when, when all the confetti and everything, all the champagne and everything is going to get popped. All right, let's start out in the Eastern Conference. All right, I'm going to start in the Southeast Division. The Southeast Division consists of Atlanta, Charlotte, Miami, Orlando, and the Washington Wizards. So let's start with the Washington Wizards. We all know about John Wall. We all know about Bradley Beal. You know, it's, it's not a secret that, you know, the two of them really had a hard time coexisting with one another. You know, besides, you know, Beal being out with injury or Wall being out with injury, the chemistry between the two really wasn't the greatest. And, you know, to that, I say, you know, I don't really see this team as a playoff team this year. I mean, in the offseason, they added Trey Burke. They added Jan Mahimi. Is that going to make them into a title contender? No. Is that going to make them into a playoff contender? I don't think so. So with that being said, I think that the Washington Wizards would finish the season with a record of 36 and 46, miss the playoffs, it's gonna be turmoil, guys are gonna wanna get traded, this, that, and the third, it happens in the NBA, and I just don't think that the situation is too good in Washington. They bought in Scott Brooks in hopes of getting Kevin Durant in the offseason, but that didn't happen as well. So I, I really see Washington as a non-threat, in the Eastern Conference, and there'll be sacrificial lambs for the Lions out there in the Eastern Conference. Moving forward, my next team on the agenda is the Orlando Magic. Well, the Magic, they made a lot of offseason moves. You know, they brought in guys like Serge Ibaka, Jeff Green, Bismack Biyombo, and, you know, are those guys world beaters? No. To me, they're second and third tier players in the NBA. Um, You know, I don't really see the Magic doing too much. Uh, With that team, you know, the best I see them doing is with a uh, record of 31 and 51. You know, that's bottom of the barrel in the East. I don't really think that they're going to make too much noise. You know, I, I just think that they're a long way from being you know, title contenders or even playoff contenders in a tough NBA where it's the age of the super teams. If you don't have a super team, you're going to be sacrificial lambs for the Lions every night. Next up on the agenda, the Miami Heat. Well, we all know the story between, you know, Pat Riley and Dwayne Wade couple of dollars more. Dwayne Wade would have probably stayed, but Pat Riley didn't want to pay him a couple of dollars. He wanted to kind of move on from the Wade era. You know, the Chris Boss situation isn't looking too good. And, you know, the Miami Heat are going to go back to their old ways of being a perennial loser when they came in as an expansion team back in the 80s. So in the offseason, they picked up Uh, Derek Williams, an NBA journeyman who's still trying to find his way. He's really not a journeyman. He's still a young player, but he's been on so many different teams in so many different years, and um, I don't think that he's going to make really much of an impact in Miami. They've also had a Dion Waiters, but... You can't equate or you can't make up for the loss of a player with the caliber of Dwayne Wade, who basically bought that team one of their first ever NBA championships. You know, you can't, you can't just replace that in one year. And I think that Miami is going to suffer for years to come due to that, unless they make some dramatic trades and drastic moves throughout the regular season. Well, with that being said, I think that the Miami Heat are going to finish with a record of 37 and 45. Thirty-seven and forty-five, and I think I'm being a little bit too generous, but I do like the kid Hassan Whiteside. They do still have Goran Dragic, but I don't really see them making too much noise in the Eastern Conference. Next up on the list, the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, I like I-, I like what you know Jordan did in the offseason. You know, last year, they brought in a few players to compliment the young talent that they had on the team. You know, Kemba Walker, that's one of my favorite guys. You know, he's a New York City point guard. Point guard. You know, he, he, he changed the culture in Charlotte. You know, they put a couple of pieces around him, and they actually did their thing last year in the uh, regular season, and they actually made the playoffs last year. But they did have guys like Jeremy Lin to come in and help give a punch off the bench you know they had Al Jefferson even though he was hurt throughout part of the year he came back and he was a major factor for their team they lost Al Jefferson and they lost Jeremy Lennon it's off season so I think that they'll take a step back they'll still be pretty decent they'll still be a middle of the pack team an average team in the NBA they still have Nicholas Batum they still have Kimba Walker You know, they still have Marvin Williams, but, you know, with that being said, those guys aren't world beaters. Kemba's a stud. Batoon is a decent uh, second-tier player, but I don't see the Charlotte Hornets doing any better than a 42 and 40 record. You know, they, they definitely will be a force to reckon with at home, but when the smoke clears, I don't see them anywhere in the playoff hunt or in the playoff picture. Or if they do make the playoffs, I don't see them getting past the first round. Next and last on their list for the Southeast Division is the Atlanta Hawks. Now in the offseason, they added Dwight Howard. They added Jared Jack. Eh, eh, you know, what can I say? Dwight Howard, uh, he's, that's a funny guy right there, man. He, he had many opportunities to, to be what he could be. He could have been the shack of this generation, but he turned out to be a big crybaby that doesn't like not being the go-to guy when at the end of the day, you don't have go-to guy moves, big man. You need to work on your post game, all the muscles and all that athleticism that you're letting go to waste. It's a shame, my brother. You know, I really liked you early on in your career. When you played with my man Skip down there in Orlando, you know, you did your thing. But now, you turned into an NBA journeyman. Nobody likes you. Hence, Atlanta was desperate. They paid you the money. They bought in Jared Jack. They're gonna pay you a Paul Millsap. You may be okay, but I don't, I don't see you guys really making any noise in the Eastern Conference, my brother. So with that being said, the Atlanta Hawks will probably finish 39-43 this season. And that wraps up the Southeast Division. Next up on your list is the Central Division. Now the Central Division consists of Chicago, Cleveland, Detroit, Indiana, and Milwaukee. Without much being said, nobody's dethroning Cleveland in that division. So everybody else is fighting for second and third place in that division. You know, Cleveland is just a powerhouse. You know, you got LeBron, you got Kyrie Irving, you got Kevin Love. You know, J.R. Smith is coming back. You know, and and like I said, you got that guy, LeBron James, man. And when you have him on your team, anything is possible. So with that being said, you know, they added Mike Dunleavy in the offseason. Is is he a world beater? No, but he's one hell of a role player, and he can hit threes. And as you can see, the Cleveland Cavaliers transformed their game last year before everybody's eyes and turned into a three-point shooting machine. So, with that being said, I see Cleveland finishing with a 62-20 record. I don't really see too much competition for them during the regular season. They're probably going to roll their way to the Eastern Conference Finals. And, you know, who knows what'll happen in the NBA Finals. But let me not get too ahead of my predictions. Um, next up on the list is the Chicago Bulls. And the Chicago Bulls is a team that I think would be a sleeper you know, in the East. And I think a lot of people are underestimating the fact that the Bulls brought in championship pedigree players like Dwayne Wade, John Rondo. You know, those guys are championship caliber players that have won on the big stage already. Combine that with Jimmy Butler, you know, who's a stud. You know, he chased Derrick Rose out of town, but hey man, it's the NBA and it's a what have you done for me now type of league. Um, They brought in Robin Williams. They also brought in Michael, uh, I'm sorry, Robin Lopez, who's a big, serviceable big man that actually doesn't need the ball to affect the game. You know, he grabs rebounds, he plays defense, and he's a great role player. So I think that he gives them the size that they needed and the defense that, that they'll need to play to compete in this league is there with those three guys, Rondo, Dwayne Wade, and Robin Lopez. They also made a slick move by bringing in Michael Carter-Williams, the first uh, former lottery pick for the Philadelphia 76ers. He had a decent time in Milwaukee, but for some reason, the Bucs got rid of him and traded him to the Bulls. So with that being said, I think that the Chicago Bulls are going to surprise a lot of teams in the NBA. They're going to definitely make some noise and possibly, you know, compete with Cleveland for that title in the division and possibly, you know, in the playoffs. Are they going to make it to the uh, NBA Finals? I don't think so, but I think that they'll be a fun, entertaining team to watch and they're gonna surprise a lot of people. So with that being said, I have, I have Chicago finishing with the record of 55 and 27. You know, that's 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 very good considering, you know, all of the changes that they made with losing Joe Kim Noah, with trading Derrick Rose, and basically, you know, working with a new head coach in Fred Hoiberg. I think that they have a lot of potential, and I think that the addition of Wade and Rondo is going to help them. Even though they're not a strong perimeter shooting team, they're veterans, and I think that they'll get it done because they know how to win ball games. Hmm. Now, for the best of the rest, <clears throat> the Detroit Pistons they added Ish Smith in the offseason. They drafted Henry Ellison, you know, out of college. Um, you know, last year they made a splash by adding Tobias Harris, Reggie Jackson. Uh, uh Andre Drummond is there. You know, they 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 were a middle of the road team last year with a lot of talent, and I really don't see that changing much this year. So with that being said, I think that the Detroit Pistons will finish with a 43 and 39 record, you know, possibly finishing third in that division behind Cleveland and Chicago. Next on the list is the Indiana Pacers. And let me let me rephrase what I just said. Detroit won't finish third behind Uh, Cleveland and Chicago because the Pacers, (laughs) they made a lot of offseason moves and I think that they're going to surprise a lot of people as well. They have a tough team. I love Paul George's game. You know, thank God he came back to form after that horrific injury that he suffered during the Olympics. Um, They added in the offseason Jeff Teague, Al Jefferson, Thaddeus Young, and they also added Aaron Brooks. So, you know, Donnie Walsh and Larry Bird has done a great job on rebuilding that team in Indiana. You know, I think that it's going to take a little while for them to probably mesh and get everything together and figure out how to incorporate a guy like Al Jefferson, who's a mean dude in the post, and um, Jeff T, who's also one of those dominant uh, scoring point guards. You know, Thaddeus Young, he's a very talented player. Aaron Brooks. Aaron Brooks is a serviceable point guard off the bench that I think is going to really help Indiana. You know, um, make some noise in the East. You know, right now I have them slated as 49 and 33. They can easily win 50 games I think with this team, and they can definitely make some noise when it comes playoff time. Will they win, make it to the NBA Finals? I don't think so. As long as Cleveland is there, I don't really see them dethroning uh, the Eastern Conference champs moving forward last but not least well you know what let me rephrase that yeah least least of all the Milwaukee Bucks you know in the offseason they brought in Matthew Della Nadova uh, <laughs> yeah Thornmaker uh, Rashard Vaughn I actually like Thornmaker I just think that he's in the wrong system I don't think that he's gonna really grow there in Milwaukee playing behind denacampo. um he probably would have flourished somewhere like San Antonio where he wouldn't have to be asked to do much, just come in and play basketball. So he's probably going to be a staple on the bench in Jason Kidd's system. This probably may be Jason Kidd's last year as coach in Milwaukee because they're going to be terrible, and the Bucks organization didn't help him by bringing in any players that can actually help that situation. Jabari Parker's a stud. You know, uh, Adena Campo is good. You know, they they... You know, they got rid of uh, Michael Carter Williams. I don't know how they're gonna address their point guard situation, but with that being said, I think they're gonna be a bottom of the barrel team. Sacrificial lambs for the Lions in the Eastern Conference, and they'll finish with a record of 28 and 54. 28 and 54. Yes, bottom of the barrel for the Milwaukee Bucks. Now on over to the Atlantic Division. The Atlantic division consists of teams like Boston, Brooklyn, New York, Philadelphia, and Toronto. Let's start with the reigning champions in that division, the Toronto Raptors. You know, Toronto's a tough team. You know, you know, Drizzy Drake, Canada, Six, you know, you know, they, they they're a tough team. They, they, they were definitely a young, up-and-coming team. You know, last year, Kyle Lowry. You know, um, he's a tough point guard. You know, um, Jamar DeRozan, he's a very athletic young guard out of Cali. I thought he was going to actually leave in the offseason and go to L.A., but I guess that, you know, the six is pretty strong, and Drake has a stranglehold on those players. You know, this is why we made bars and hoops, baby. It's, It's an everlasting bond between music and sports, and Drake is a living proof of that you know a lot of those guys love being around him he's like their number one fan he's the Spike Lee of the Toronto Raptors and with that being said you know I think that Toronto they didn't really make too much moves in the offseason they brought in a guy like Jared Selinger who's a decent serviceable player Uh, he's not a world beater but he kind of helps them after they lost a guy like Bismack Biambo who was very very influential on their defense last year I think that's gonna have them take a step back you know as far as toughness and size and rebounding when it comes to the playoffs because Jared Sellinger isn't any of that he's a scoring finesse big man and I say big like big man he's around mound to rebound type of player and um I don't really see him filling that void of losing you know a guy like bismack Diombo. but nevertheless they do play in the atlantic division they do play in the eastern conference so i see the toronto raptors having a very successful season and i see them finishing with the record of 53 and 29. that's 53 wins and 29 losses yes in the eastern conference that's very possible okay next up on the list philadelphia 76ers the big winners in this year's nba draft but the curse of the 76ers, the city of brotherly hate. Yes, Philadelphia is the city of brotherly hate. Look at what's going on with these guys out there. You got, you know, rappers, you know, violating legends like Beanie Siegel. You know what I mean? Meek Mills, he, he's out here just, just, you know what I mean? He out here doing what he do, man. You know what I mean? He won the game, though, because he got Nikki. You know, Nikki's a bad, Woo. man, let me tell you. But let me get back to basketball. Philadelphia 76ers, they bought in Jared Bayless. They drafted Ben Simmons. Okay, yeah, uh, oh, hum. they're going to be bottom of the barrel. They're going to be a lottery team again. They may get the number one pick again, probably for the next three or four years. <laughs> I see them finishing with a record of 12 and 70. That's right, 12 and 70. You know what I mean? No matter, Charles Barkley could be walking through those doors. Dr. J could be walking through those doors. But with the support and cast that they have, I don't see them really doing much. <clears throat> Jalil Okafor, he's good. He's lazy. They have Joel Embiid. They also have Nurland's Noel. I don't really see them, you know, making much moves. And one of those guys will probably be on the move this this uh, season. So stay tuned to the massacre, what's called the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay, next on the list, all right, is uh, the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> yeah. Brooklyn Nets. Damn, didn't that flame die out fast? You know, just the other day, it seemed like, woo, the Nets were coming, and they were gonna be the next ones, competing for a championship in four or five years, but that ship has sailed and gone, baby. Kevin Kevin, Kevin Garnett has retired. Paul Pierce is retiring after this year. They gave up about six or seven first-round draft picks. They mortgaged their whole future all the turnaround and make Jeremy Lynn, that's right, Jeremy Lynn, their franchise player. <laughs> Jeremy Lynn is their franchise player. You know, if anything, they're going to sell tickets. You know, Lynn Sanity was great when he was in New York, but Brooklyn is a different story. You know, I don't see them doing anything, anything special you know they're, they're not probably they're probably gonna, they're, they're gonna be bottom of the barrel let me not even lie I see them winning 24 games 24 and 58 for the Nets man but go Jeremy Lin Lin Sanity's back in New York next on the agenda is the Boston Celtics now you know Boston you know I love what Brad Stevens done with that team I love what Danny Ainge done by bringing in guys like Isaiah Thomas you know drafting guys that play defense and play like a team. You know what I mean? Boston is 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 definitely what you call a team. They don't really have a go-to guy, but they still were able to get it done with the players that they did have. You know what I mean? Danny Ainge did a good job of recovering after losing Pierce and Garnett, brought in a coach that actually coaches X and O's. Brad Stevens is a great coach. You know, with that being said, they brought in Al Hortford in the offseason, and they drafted Jalen Brown. Uh, some decent moves, but, you know, again, they don't have a superstar, all-star player that they could dump the ball into when they need a clutch basket, you know, and I think that that's going to hurt them in an Eastern Conference that has gotten significantly better. You know, Boston is going to be a tough out, but I think that they're going to be a, a, a above 500 team, just barely above 500 team. And I think that they're going to finish with a record of 42 and 40. You know, it is what it is. You know, they, Al Horford is in a world beater. And, you know, I don't think that he's going to really elevate that team any better than they were last year. You know, and last but not least, the New York City Triangle guys. The Triangle guys, you know, added uh, Derrick Rose. They added Joakim Noah. They brought in Courtney Lee. They brought in Brandon Jennings. These are all some great, great, great acquisitions. You know what I mean? And if, if, if they can manage to stay healthy, I think that the New York Knicks are going to make a lot of waves in the Eastern Conference, you know, because everybody on this team has a chip on their shoulder. You know, you know let's start with the leader of the team, Carmelo Anthony. You know he's never had a team like this put around him you know everybody talks about carmelo is a selfish guy uh he's not a winner you know he'll never win in new york blase blah this that in the third you know he was a he was a selfish player because he didn't go to chicago last year to play with the two teammates that he has now you know what is everybody gonna say now oh derrick rose is one injury away from His career being over, you know, you got guys at NBA 2K making fun of him. (laughs) That was hilarious, you know what I mean? First play of the game, he gets the ball, comes down, twists his knee, and he falls, and he's out. You know, Joe Kim Noah, he looks like he's serious. He's back in shape. I watched him play the other day. He looked very, very, very entertaining. You know, Jeff Hornacek, you know, came in, bought in the triangle, you know, Whatever triangle, rectangle, whatever he did, it looks like it's working, and the team has actually bought in. You know, Brandon Jennings, another guy's coming fresh off of injury. You know, he's always, always wanted to be a New York Nick. He made the Knicks pay every game that he played ever since he was drafted in the league. You know, they they passed on him. They I think they picked Jordan Hill that year, and he's made them pay ever since and I like what I'm seeing from him right now. He's very entertaining. He brings some of that spunk to the team that they've been missing. He seems like a New York City guy, even though he's a California guy, with the swag that he brings on that court. Courtney Lee, journeyman, but he's a good glue guy. Plays defense, knocks down the open jump shot, and he's a very effective guy off the dribble. I really, really like the makeup of this Knicks team. You know, they drafted Ron Baker in the second round. From the Wichita Shockers, I think that he's gonna help the team a lot off the bench, and I just really think overall that the New York Knicks will shock a lot of people in this off in this in this NBA season, upcoming season. I see them possibly challenging Cleveland for the top of the for the top of the um, conference. I, I see them possibly making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, finals again if they stay healthy. And if, if, you know, Carmelo Anthony truly buys in to the concept of, you know, having trust in his teammates. You know, Chris Stapp's Porzingis is looking promising, you know, and I just really think the sky's the limit for the Knicks. And all they have to do is stay healthy and they can win games. So without further ado, with that being said, mic check, mic check. Let me just make sure it's on. I have the Knicks finishing with the record of... 57 wins and 25 losses. That's right. 57 wins and 25 losses. I just think that they have a lot of guys that have a lot to prove. And they have, you know, a lot of talent on that team. And I really think that they're going to surprise a lot of people in this NBA season. They're a very dangerous team. And, you know, I think the sky's the limit for those guys. They're the only team, honestly, that I think can challenge Cleveland for that Eastern Conference crown. Am I going to say that they can win the championship this year? No, but let's see how the season plays out and let's see you know how things shake up in the Eastern Conference because it's going to be a lot of surprises in the t- in the conference. And like I said, teams like Chicago, you got to watch out for. Teams like Indiana, you got to watch out for. Even the Toronto Raptors, you have to watch out for. It's going to be a very competitive Eastern Conference this year and I think that when the smoke clears, the New York Knicks will be in the mix when it comes down to it. Switching over to the Western Conference, I mean, you know, everybody in the Western Conference, they might as well just, you know, roll out the red carpet because I don't see anybody really competing with Golden State, you know, after Kevin Durant changed the whole layout of the NBA by making his decision to go play with the Dubs, who he gonna have to go and play with. But, hey, man, at the end of the day, he made his decision. He looks happy. It is what it is. But I respect Russell Westbrook, you know, for taking the high road most of the time. And I just hope that, you know, every time they face, face Oklahoma City, we can get a good game. You it's know like what I mean? But like let's talk job. about the breakdown in the Western Conference. All right, we're going to start in the Northwestern Division. This is gonna be an interesting division because they have an interesting team in there who I think is gonna shock a lot of people this NBA season. Um, Let's start with the Utah Jazz. Gordon Hayward, you know, Rudy Gobert, they added George Hill this off season. They still have Rodney Hood. I mean, you know, these guys are middle of the road players that I don't think is gonna really make much of a difference moving forward in the NBA season. But they'll probably be competitive at home. They'll probably win a couple of road games. But I don't see them winning any more than 35 games. So with that being said, I think their record will be about 35 and 47. Um, Next on the list, uh, the Portland Trailblazers. Now, Portland is a scary team, man. I love the backcourt of Damian Lillard, you know, um, C.J. McCullough. That boy, man, those boys there, man, they ball, man. They definitely get it in. On the court, and that's a tough backcourt, man. That, they definitely have what it takes to battle any team in the Western Conference as far as the backcourt is concerned. They're like top two in the league behind Clay and Steph. I actually would take them ahead of Clay and Steph because they both can score off the dribble as well as from the perimeter. You know what I mean? You know, don't get me wrong, Steph and Clay are tough, but. You know, CJ McCullough and Damian Little are just on a different level when it comes to putting that ball in the basket. You know, and they don't have half of the talent that, you know, Steph Curry and uh Klay Thompson has on Golden State. The, the Trailblazers added Evan Turner, they added Festa Bazilli, uh, and they added Shabazz Napier to, to give them some type of punch um, in their starting lineup and off the bench. Um, I have the Portland Trailblazers slated to finish with a 52 and 30 record. 52 wins, 30 losses. The fact that they got Dane Dollar and CJ McCullough, that's all you really need. They added a big guy with Festa They had Miles Leonard, you know, Mohawkless. list They got a lot of talent there, man. Adding Evan Turner, I think, would give the team a boost as well. And I really see them finishing with a decent record of 52 and 30 next on the list the oklahoma city thunder the russell westbrooks you know they added victor oladipo they added erasan Ilyasova. Uh, they drafted well they traded for the draft rights of Demonte sabonis which was a great move because sabonis looks like a like he's gonna be the real deal you know his father was good you know he came into the nba towards the tail end of his career but his father was still effective when he came into the nba But this time, his son gets a fresh start in the NBA as a young kid. And I think that he's really going to surprise a lot of people moving forward. Now, Westbrook has shown that he can carry the load of um, bringing a team like Golden State. I mean, sorry, like uh, Oklahoma City to the promised land. You know, he was like a walking triple-double for about a month last year. And I think that he's going to repeat the same thing fresh off of a knee surgery, ACL surgery. He is just a different dude. And I think that he's really gonna put that team on his back and um, make some noise in the West. With that being said, I think that the Oklahoma City Thunder have a chance of finishing with the record of 55 and 27. That's right, 55 wins, 27 losses without KD. You know what I mean? I think that Russell Westbrook is that good. Steven Adams showed some promise last year. They brought in Victor Oladipo, Ariasan Elisova, and like I said, DeMonte Sabonis is gonna surprise a lot of people. Next on the list, the Denver Nuggets, eh, they really didn't do much in the offseason, they really didn't do much during the draft, they really didn't do much of anything. They're still suffering from losing Carmelo Anthony, and it's a shame, you know, Danilo Gallinari, Wilson Chandler, those are some decent players. Will Barton, decent guys. Gary Harris is a decent guy too. But they're all young, you know what I mean? And youth doesn't really win in this league without any veteran leadership. And you know, I just don't see Denver competing with the big dogs in the Western Conference. So therefore, I see them as a competitive young team, but I don't see them winning more than 22 games. So they'll finish with a record of 22 and 60. Last but not least, my most interesting team in this division and in the league, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, the makeup of this team, it's very scary, man. They they, they sort of remind me of the days of Kevin De, Kevin Garnett and Stephon Marbury. You know, Karl-Anthony Towns is a stud. They added Jordan Hill. They added Cole Aldrich, Cole Aldrich, to bring some size to that team and help them on the boards. But the most the most intriguing acquisition that they did was in the form of drafting Chris Dunn. I think that Chris Dunn is going to be a stud. That kid is tough, man. Representing New London, Connecticut. Chris Dunn, out of Providence. He's a problem. I think that, you know, the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to be a very, very tough team. They already have Andrew Wiggins. They have Carl Anthony Towns, they got Mr. Dunkathon, Dunk Champion, Zach Levine, and they brought in Tom Thibodeau, who's very underrated as a coach. I think that in Chicago, he didn't have the horses, guys got injured, and he made the team play hard. And you want a coach that brings that intensity night in and night out and challenges his players night in and night out. And I think that that's the spark that Minnesota needed, you know. Don't forget the fact that Kevin Durant was there giving some veteran leadership and advice to Carl Anthony Towns. You know, KG has recently retired. I think that he's still going to stick around that organization and help them in some way, shape, form or fashion. Or he may end up in Los Angeles with his buddy, Doc Rivers. But at the end of the day, I still think that the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to shock a lot of people. They're going to surprise a lot of people, and I won't be surprised if they make it to the second round of the playoffs, and who knows, they may just challenge, you know, the Warriors in the Western Conference for the top seed. They have that much talent, and I believe that much in Tom Thibodeau as a coach. So with that being said, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves slated as winning 52 games and losing 30 games. So a record of 52 and 30 from the Minnesota Timberwolves, who will be a scary team this season. So that's the wrap up for the Northwest Division. We're gonna move over now to the Southwest Division, which is, uh, it's a terrible division. You know, I, I mean, the Southwest Division consists of teams like San Antonio, New Orleans, Memphis, Houston, and the Dallas Mavericks. Three Texas teams, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's probably gonna be between all three of those teams for the division leader. Let's start with the Dallas Mavericks. You know, Mark Cuban is a great owner. You know, terrible, terrible, terrible salesman because he can't get anybody to come there and play for him. You know, the only guy that took the money was Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Harrison Barnes. You know what I mean? They bought in Andrew Bogut, two former Warrior players. Are they going to help them? No. They also bought in Seth Curry. Seth. (laughs) Seth. You're not like your brother, my brother. You know what I mean? But they bought Seth Curry in. They bought Quincy Acy in. I don't really see the Mavericks doing much. They're going to be above average team, but they're not going to make any noise when it comes to the playoffs because they got guys that don't have that pedigree outside of Dirk Nowitzki, and he's on the tail end of his career. So with that being said, I don't see the Dallas Mavericks winning any more than 45 games, a record of 45 and 37 yes the Dallas Mavericks will finish 45 and 37 Dirk Nowitzki will leave the franchise retire and probably be somewhere in the front office um next on the list the Houston Rockets the Houston Rockets James Harden you know chase chase Dwight Howard out of town you know what I mean they bought in Nene Hilario they bought in Ryan Anderson and they bought in Eric Gordon interesting team not enough basketballs you know, to me, Harden is a ball-dominated guard. Played a little bit of point guard in the uh, preseason, which surprised me. Well, it doesn't it shouldn't really surprise me because he he's one of the best at getting into the basket, man. His handler, he, he's out there with that ball like it's a yo-yo. You know what I mean? James Harden, you know, he got that Khloe Kardashian power. <laughs> that Khloe Kardashian power, you. The taco meat all on his face. You know what I mean? I think that the Houston Rockets will be You know, above average team, they're going to make the playoffs, you know, but they'll have a record of 48 and 34. 48 and 34, I don't know if Eric Gordon is going to stay healthy. Ryan Anderson is a spot-up shooter. You know, it's always good to have those type of guys when you got a guy like Harden that can break guys down and get to the basket, but I don't really see them doing much more than, you know, 48 and 34, especially in the Western Conference. That's an accomplishment. So they're going to feast on a lot of Eastern Conference teams. Um next on the list, the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> yes, the Memphis Grizzlies. They gave Mike Conley Jr. 155 million big ones. Yeah, let me let me say that again. Mike Conley Jr. is the highest paid player in the NBA, making 155 big ones. Mike Conley Jr. With that being said, they don't deserve, you know what I mean, to go anywhere. You know what I mean? Not not to hate on Mike Conley, not to hate on players getting their money because that's what it's about at the end of the day. I'm all for players getting their paper. You know what I mean? But – that was just a, a foolish decision to give him all of that money in Memphis just to keep him because you hurt the future of your team. You know, Marcus Gasol, is fresh off of an injury. Zach Randolph is, you know, now from what I understand, coming off of the bench. You added Chandler Parsons to the mix. I don't really see, you know, where the Grizzlies are going. I think there'll be a 500 team at best. With their 155 million dollar point guard, you pay somebody 155 million, my brothers. You better be in the playoffs every year. I'm sorry. He, you know, he's good. He's a good point guard, but he's not 155 million dollars worth of a player. I'm sorry. Sorry, Mike, Mike Conley. I like you, good guy, but you're not worth 155 million. There's shame on the Memphis Grizzlies for wasting all of that money instead of actually spreading the wealth. But then again. People probably didn't want to go to Memphis. You know what I mean? Eh. But I see them finishing with a record of 41-41. and 41, 500 team. Probably missed the playoffs. And there'll be an afterthought. Marcus, all you should have came to New York, buddy. But, eh. You got your money, too. Stick in Memphis. Stick with those guys. You know? You and Mike Conley, great combination. But you're not going anywhere as long as you're in the same conference with the Golden State Warriors. And now, the Minnesota Timberwolves. So... Memphis, good luck in your future, but I think that you'll be back to a um, lottery bound as well. Um, next on the list, the New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> the Pelicans, you know, Anthony Davis, Mr. Unibrow, great player, you know what I mean, very talented. Um, they got Tyreek Evans. You know, they lost Eric Gordon. You know, they, they had to get rid of one of them. Tyreek or Eric Gordon you know they both were injured last year they brought in Solomon Hill they brought in Chris Copeland they they drafted Buddy Hill Buddy Hill is a pretty interesting player he dominated college very dynamic guard but you know the NBA is a different animal and you got to go up against guys like Steph Curry and uh, Chris Dunn now Chris Dunn is dead Russell Westbrook <coughs> you're gonna have your hands full my brother And um, the Pelicans as a whole, they're going to have their hands full. I don't see Anthony Davis staying there long term unless they just give him $200 million. You know what I'm saying? To stay there, I think that they're going to be a a non-playoff team, and they're only going to win about 31 games. So they're going to finish with a record of 31-51. and That's right, 31-51. and And last but not least, we have Old Faithful, meaning the San Antonio Spurs. Now, you know, I think that they're just gonna be good off of default because of the system that they play. You know, Coach Popovich is one of the best in the business. He showed that it doesn't matter who you put in the system, they're gonna compete. And that's what you ask of when you bring a coach in. Coach Popovich is a great coach. You know, Tony Parker, he's winding down his career. Kawhi Leonard is there. Mr. Softy, LaMarcus Aldridge is there. There's, always, there's already rumblings of him possibly wanting to leave. You know, he tried to run there, get a quick title, but then, you know, Golden State foiled the plan and they destroyed the whole Western Conference by getting Kevin Durant to come there. The Spurs will be good. They weren't good enough to beat Golden State last year. They won't be good enough to beat them this year. And they'll be good enough to win in the regular season. You know, I like Kawhi Leonard, you know, <clears throat> now he has to show what he's made of now you don't have that security blanket of Duncan to um you know take the pressure off of you teams are gonna start focusing on him more so as a go-to guy him and lamarcus aldridge because tony parker's also on the tail end of his career um nevertheless the spurs board and a guy like david lee i think that he'll help them but i don't i don't think it'll make much of a difference you know they're gonna finish uh, top the, the Western Conference. They're probably going to win this division. Southwest division, is it isn't that strong outside of um, Houston and Dallas. So I think that the Spurs will basically finish with a record of 54-28, and 28, which is, you know, ho-hum for them. You know, that's what they do. You know, they win ball games. They win ball games because of the system that they play and because of the culture that they have in San Antonio. But when the smoke clears, I don't even see them getting out of the first round, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? The league and the Western Conference has gotten that good. To say that, I don't see the Spurs getting out of the first round if they make it in the first round. They'll probably lose to a higher seed. If they face a team like Minnesota, they're done. Cook, stick a fork in them, you're done. They won't be able to match up with a young team like Minnesota in the playoffs and they'll get exposed as a higher seed. Um. Okay, last but not least, the Kevin Durant show. I mean, the Pacific Division. You know, Golden State, man, you know, I can't even hate on them, man. They they transformed themselves to, you know, a team where my man Latrell Sprewell choked P.J. Carlissimo's life out of him, choked the spirit out of him. You know, Run TMC, Mitch Richmond, you know, Chris Mullin, Tim Hardaway. You know, I bet you a lot of these guys that's Golden State fans don't even know who those guys are but I'm just giving a little pe- people a little history lesson on where the Golden State Warriors actually came from. Monte Ellis, you know what I mean? Baron Davis, Steven Jackson, my man Stack Jack, what up? You know, um, listen, man. I don't know if they can be any much better than they were last year. I don't think that they're going to win 73 games again this year. Let's just get right to it, man. You know what I mean? I don't even need to mention anything but else, but... Kevin Durant went to Golden State, man. With that being said, I see the Warriors finishing top of this division, top of the conference, with a 68-14 record, man. I don't see them winning 73 games again. I think that Steve Kerr learned the lesson last year from trying to chase that record. And, um, you know, I just think that, you know, they're going to, they're going to they're gonna lose a little bit off of the bench because, you know, they had some guys that really played well for them that went to other teams because they had to make room to bring in KD. You know what I mean? It is what it is. They got what they wanted. They got the big fish in the offseason. Now we're going to see how many championships they can actually win, you know, because honestly, they're definitely booked to go into the NBA Finals with the team that they actually have there in Golden State. You know what I mean? The also-rans, the Los Angeles Clippers, you know, Doc Rivers, you know, Doc is a good coach, you know what I mean? Doc is running the show over there free agency-wise, you know, front office-wise, you know, they really didn't have any money to bring anybody in because they have all of their money tied up in the big DeAndre Jordan, you know, CP3, and Blake Griffin. So the best they can do is re-sign Paul mean. Uh, Paul Pierce who's on his last leg he said that he's probably going to retire at the end of this year um, they bought in Maurice Spates and they bought in Brandon Bass they drafted Bryce Johnson who's Bryce Johnson I don't know but I don't think that they're really going to make much of a difference I don't think that they're beating Golden State they may possibly lose in the, in the first round of the playoffs as well I think that they're going to end up probably trading one of the big names you know somewhere mid-season to kind of start a rebuild mode because that team that they have there is not beating Golden State now next year or ever let's just say it that way they're not beating Golden State at all whatsoever so with that being said take your 58 wins 24 losses and your first round exit and be happy with that fans in LA at least for the Clippers (laughs) moving along next on the list the Los Angeles Lakers. The Los Angeles Lakers drafted Brandon Ingram, the skinny kid that's like a buck-twelve, soaking wet with the crazy hair. Sideshow Bob, I call him. They added Timofey Mozgov. Yeah. Lakers are going to be terrible, man. Luke Walton, you should have stayed in Golden State, but I know that you wanted a, a head coaching job. I can't knock you, man. Get your money. But, you know, that team is going to give you heartaches, my brother. Um, I'm being generous with this, man. I think they can win about 24 games. They'll lose 58 games. They have D'Angelo Russell. I kind of like that kid. I think that, you know, give him another year or two, he's going to be an elite guard in the league. You know, just put that damn camera down, man. Stop stop ratting on your people, man. That stuff you did to Swaggy P was real whack, man. Grow up, man. Be a man. Take these L's and get better. Next on the list, the Phoenix Suns. Another young team, you know, Eric Bledsoe. Uh, you know, they added Leandro Barbosa. Uh, they they drafted Marquise Chris, whoever he is. Um, you know, they had a bright spot with the kid. I forgot his name, a shooting guard on the team, played for Kentucky. He's pretty tough, you know, but I think that he took the NBA... By surprise last year I think that teams are gonna start honing in on him and um I think that they'll come back down to earth back down to earth Brandon Knight is a good guard but again you know they they have a lot of young talent but I don't see them competing with the big dogs in the conference so with that being said I think they're gonna take a step back in order for them to get better and I only see them winning 27 games this year that's right 27 games in a tough western conference and a tough eastern conference and they're going to lose 55 games so they'll finish with a record of 27 and 55. and last but not least my man boogie and the sacramento kings man it's going to be a lot of turmoil in sacramento boogie cousins is already bugging out on twitter you know during draft night he was you know asking the lord for for help you know what I mean? I don't see him last in a quarter of the season there. I think they're gonna have to get rid of him sometime before the, uh, the the All-Star break hits. You know, hopefully he comes East, man. I mean, you know, Carmelo Anthony is his boy, by the way. You know what I mean? They added Aaron Aflalo. <laughs> they drafted Scal Labissiere. I guess that's how you pronounce his name. But anyway, with that being said, man, the, the, the Kings are a mess. Rudy Gay is possibly on his way out you know, yeah, Boogie Cousins is going to lose his mind, man. He might choke He might choke George Carl out out there, man. But George Carl, you better watch your tone when you talk to Boogie, man, because he might choke you out out there, my brother. You know what I mean? With that being said, the Kings are going to have a dreadful season, 27-55, and 55, and that's being moderate. You know, Vlade, you need to get your stuff together, man, because your team is falling apart, and your star is going to request a trade. And my guess is... He's gonna want he's gonna want to come and play for one of his boys. He's gonna want to come and play with his boy, Carmelo Anthony, in New York. You heard it here first. Boogie Cousins will possibly ask for a trade to the New York Knicks. Now, Knicks, what would you do? You know that they're gonna want some type of real asset, man. Knicks fans, would you would you trade away Chris Stapps Porzingis to get Boogie Cousins? I mean, hey, man, that's a tough one. That's a very tough one. The Knicks haven't had a homegrown star in very long. But I think the addition of a guy like DeMarcus Cousins in New York, if that scenario was to ever present itself, you better jump on it because DeMarcus Cousins is a talent, he's still young, and he's a bully down low. And that's what the Knicks really don't have. That's my fear with the Knicks is that they don't have enough size to compete against bigger teams when it comes down to it but that's that remains to be seen but that's just a hypothetical i'm just throwing it out there but in sacramento i'm sorry i think that boogie cousins is going to bounce on you you're going to be in the lottery again and again and again and again until you figure out what you really want to do so with that being said like i said before 27 to 55 for the sacramento kings and george carl you better watch your tone because boogie's on the loose you heard And, you know, without further ado, I'm just going to give my break, my breakdown of where I think the Western Conference will shake out. Now, this is going to be controversial to a lot of people, but I think that the Western Conference finals would be between the Golden State Warriors and drum roll. The Minnesota Timberwolves. That's right. The Minnesota Timberwolves are that good. And I think that they'll possibly be the second best team in the Western Conference. Yes, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Nevertheless, they're going to lose the Golden State. Golden State's going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. In the Eastern Conference Finals, Cleveland, you know, it's going to come down to basically Cleveland... And it's going to be a dogfight between New York, Chicago, and Indiana to play Cleveland. And honestly, if, if, if the Knicks are healthy, it'd be the Cleveland Cavaliers versus the New York Knicks, which is a big step for Phil Jackson and the New York Knicks. I mean, excuse me, the New York Triangles, the Triangles. You know what I mean? I think that it'll be a big step in the right direction for that franchise. And, you know, they'll lose to Cleveland. And it'll be a rematch between Cleveland and Golden State again. And this time, Golden State is probably going to sweep the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because I know that they're pissed because of what happened last year with the whole Draymond stupor. Killed their whole momentum. Killed the team's drive. And LeBron James ended up being the ultimate warrior. Da, da, da. (laughs) Nah. So that wraps up my NBA preview, season preview. Hope you enjoyed it. You know, we're going to switch gears and move it on over to the NFL. Now, you know, for those that don't know me, I'm Stills the Great. Yep. I am, uh, uh, uh. New York Giant fan, you know what I mean? Let's let's just get that out the way. I am a New York Giant fan, and, um, you know, I, I've lived through, you know, a couple of championships here in New York from a Giant standpoint. This season, you know, the Giants were supposed to be re- really, really, really competitive. The offense that they have, you have Odell Beckham, You have a healthy Victor Cruz, you haven't seen him healthy in years, and they brought in a young stud, Sterling Shepard. Eli Manning, you know, I wanna blame him for everything. It's not his fault, but who I will blame is Ben McAdoo. And that offense, that offense that they're running is terrible, you know what I mean? It's predictable, and they didn't start seeing results until they started to Like I said before, move Odell Beckham around. You need to move Odell Beckham around in that offense. He's a playmaker, he's fast, he's a different otherworldly talent. You can't just have him standing on the side, waiting with his hands up to run straight or just live off a slant route. You have to move him around and get him the ball in order for him to be effective. But with that being said, I can't really blame Ben McAdoo because he's only playing with the pieces that he was given. We spent 200 million on the defense, we should have spent 200 million on the offensive line because they can't protect Eli Manning. Eli Manning has shown that he's daring headlights when he, when he doesn't get any protection and he just does stupid things, man. As a veteran, he still moves as if he's a rookie. And you know, Jerry Reese has done a big disservice to the New York Giants. And honestly, if they don't make it to the playoffs, if they get bumped in the first round of the playoffs, Jerry Reese will lose his job. I think that they'll probably end up releasing Ben McAdoo. And I think they need to start really searching for the future at quarterback, because Eli Manning is probably have another one or two seasons left in him at an elite level before it's all downhill. Moving over to the Crosstown Rivals, the New York Jets. Now, the Jet fans, man, are very un, 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 unrealistic, man. You know, they're unfair, they're unrealistic. They expected Todd Bowles to come in and turn his team into the New England Patriots in one year. That wasn't happening, man. Like, Jet fans are so delusional, man. You know, give Geno Smith a shot, man. Geno Smith hasn't had the same talent around him that, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick had around him last year. He didn't have the luxury of having a soft schedule the way that Ryan Fitzpatrick had around him last year. You know, I remember Geno Smith in West Virginia. He was slinging that football around like it was cracking in the 80s, baby. You know what I mean? I think that it's unfair to him to not to get a, a fair shot with talent around him. And he's still not gonna get a fair shot because Eric Decker's hurt. You know, Brandon Marshall is banged up, you know, you know, it, it, yesterday Gino showed some some spunk. He showed some heart and he showed some grit. And he actually led the team before he got hurt and they brought Fitzpatrick back in the game. So the New York Jets, man, you need to you need to you need to support your coach a little bit more. Jet fans, you need to slow down a little bit. You can't get rid of Bowles right away because he hasn't been given a fair shot because you know he hasn't gotten a quarterback that he wanted. This is a quarterback that he inherited and that the Jets had no choice but to pay in Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they drafted Geno Smith before he got there. You can't expect them to have a winning season one year and the next year they have some bumps in the road. You want to get rid of them. It's just not fair. You'll always be at the bottom of the barrel if you keep shuffling coaches around, a la the way the Knicks have been for the past two decades. You know what I mean? So just have some patience, Jet fans. Your day will come. I don't know. Maybe Joe Namath would come walking through those doors as a 20-year-old. But your day will come, man. Stay easy. All right? And with that being said, y'all, I'm going to wrap up my segment. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Like, you know, share, you know, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, at Bars and Hoops. And check us out on the web at barsandhoops.com bars and hoops B-A-R-S-A-N-D hoops at Instagram at Twitter at Facebook at SoundCloud and we're also on YouTube alright thank y'all for checking in just remember life is full of you know life consists of love and hate just make sure that your love always outweighs your hate and everything will be straight baby once again this is Steals the Great Checking in with Bars and Hoops, and I'm signing off. Peace.